0: Three. See
1: doesn't
2: exist you have to create it. Resmaa well hey uh, welcome everybody to uh this is how the House of Mercy Sunday service podcast in uh lieu of course of our in person meeting. We sure do miss those in person meetings. You sure do. I mean it does, uh, wow, I mean, we we want to go back, and uh, we keep projecting into the future, and the closer we get to these dates that we think about, uh, it seems like it's not quite yet possible.
1: But we're looking towards September.
2: Yep, we have something in the working for September, just a little teaser announcement. Uh, middle of September, a service uh, in person, outside, socially distanced. Kind of a deal, um, but um, yeah, more more to come on that.
1: Yeah, but just know that we miss you, and we're trying to keep safe and also figure out how we can get together.
2: Yeah, and we we're just thinking if there are any of you out there that uh, we would love to speak to. Any individual who would just like to check in, if you guys want to check in or just say hi, send us a text or give us a call, or if you want to get together, uh, you know, walk six feet apart and talk we are open for all that
1: yeah I'd have a cup of coffee outside too yeah so hey <laughs> um, thanks everyone who um, helped support the House of Mercy we couldn't do it without you we appreciate it if you're, if you're not a regular me- attender of House of Mercy but you've been listening to the podcast you can uh, go to the website and throw in a little money to keep us going
2: Yeah. All right. Well, this is the House of Mercy, and welcome to it. God of mercy, give us the ears to hear the cry of wisdom in the streets, to hear the cry of the wisdom of the streets. Give us the grace to have the strength to hear the unheard, to not turn away to remain open to the wisdom in the storm. Lord, in your mercy, hear our
0: prayers. Uh, hello? Oh, it's the Royal Telephone, number 13 near your House of Mercy hymnal. Central's never busy always on the line. You may hear from heaven almost any time. Tis a royal service, free for one and all. When you get in trouble, give this royal The telephone is free It was built for service Just for you and me There will be no waiting On this royal line Telephone the glory Always answers just in time If your line is grounded and connection true, has been lost by Jesus, I'll tell you what to do. Prayer and faith and promise, mend the broken wire, till your soul is burning with the Pentecostal fire.
2: Please join me in the prayers of community. I'll end each prayer with Lord in your mercy and I invite you to respond. Hear our prayer. God of mercy, we pray for the whole damn world, the full damn planet, from the apex predator to the corona microbe. We exist in opposition to no part of creation. Help us to move through life with gratitude and a chargeless, costless, unrecompensed. all-for-nothing love, to sit in the present, in creation, like we are part of it all. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, we pray for those in power, that they would properly understand their charge, to serve, to regard first and fully those with the least power and with the greatest need, Overwhelm them with the possibility of primitive compassion and essential obligation, and help us to set aside all bile and vitriol fomented by frustration and sadness, so that we too might find new ways to love our neighbor. And God of mercy, we pray for all of those who suffer from the violence that comes from the systemic racism. We continue especially to pray for the family and friends of George Floyd. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, give us the wisdom to confess our own racism and the desire to get educated and work for reconciliation and convict those in power, especially the president, to confess his racism before more violence result from his tacit complicity. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, we pray for those in our lives and those who pass through our lives who are in need of physical, emotional, or spiritual healing. We pray for those who are fighting the coronavirus. We pray for those who are living with cancer, and other serious illnesses in this chaotic time. We pray for those who we love who are dying. Give them every measure of peace and a palpable love. We pray for those who mourn the death of a dear one. We pray for those of us whose mental illness is magnified by this time of isolation. We pray for those of us who are facing these troubled times in prison. We pray for those who are imprisoned by addiction. Pray for those who are profoundly lonely. For all of these we ask. Bless them. Take them in your arms. Hold them to you. Give them what they need. Healing, grace, understanding, acceptance, or peace. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, we hurt the people that we love by the things we say and the actions that we take. And we have not loved you with our whole selves. Forgive us and remind us that you judge us with your mercy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, meet us now in this extended time of silence. May our awareness
3: of your presence never leave us. Amen. Tonight's reading is from Amos chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and chapter 3, verse 12. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan, who are on Mount Samaria, who oppress the poor, who crush the needy, who say to their husbands, bring something to drink. The Lord God has sworn by his holiness the time is surely coming upon you when they shall take you away with hooks, even the last of you with fishhooks. Through breaches in the wall you shall leave, each one straight ahead, and you shall be flung out into Harmon. Thus says the Lord, as the shepherd rescues from the mouth of the lion two legs or a piece of an ear, So shall the people of Israel who live in Samaria be rescued with the corner of a couch and part of a bed. The end of the reading. Thanks be to God.
1: If you want people to hear what you have to say, you might not want to open with, hear this word, you cows. I mean, I'm sure calling a woman a cow in 760 BC didn't have... Precisely the same connotation as it does now. But it certainly wasn't meant to be nice. Listen, you cows sitting on your couches enjoying your wine in the mountains, Amos says. The time is coming. They will drag you away with fish, fish hooks and fling you on a trash heap. So yeah, I don't think nice is the intention here. Amos is outraged because the so-called people of God are not really very good people, as he sees it. They might think they are. Maybe that's why he has to be so dramatic. He says, you don't just overlook the poor, you crush their heads into the dirt and grind their faces in the gravel. I doubt this is literally what the privileged women with their wine and their couches were literally doing, but Amos apparently finds it to be fitting Figurative language. It is fitting language for summer 2020 in Minnesota. I mean, maybe it isn't literally a woman from Medina crushing a black man's face into the concrete. Amos isn't careful not to offend people. If anything, he exaggerates his language to drive, to try to drive a sword into their hearts. He has very harsh words for those who are at ease. They'll get what they have coming and it's terrible. Of course, this is a very old book addressed to entirely different historical circumstances, but it resonates, doesn't it? What happens when those who are comfortable grind the faces of the poor into the dirt? When you accept a healthcare system that is constructed to create profit more than care for people? I think we're seeing. When you tolerate the dismantling of environmental regulations in favor of corporations, keep living submissively under a system that favors profits over people? What happens when you found a nation on genocide and make it prosper through slavery? Amos looks the people in the eye and says, I know how great your moral and economic crimes are. What's in store for you? A shower of fire, he says, climate disaster, heat waves, pandemic, social unrest. A very bitter day is in store for you who are comfortable. Amos says he's not a prophet. He's a shepherd and a tender of trees and clearly a poet with an inclination to dark material. He says God's speaking to him, urging him to make it clear how these women oppress the poor as they lay on their couches enjoying the mountains of Samaria saying to their husbands, bring that we may drink. I mean, it was a hammock, not a couch and my screen porch, not the mountains, but I do have a pretty view and I think I said, Jim, can you pour me a glass of wine? Not bring that we may drink. Still, I feel like Amos might have words for me. I didn't feel like I was crushing the faces of the poor and the gravel as I sipped my wine on Saturday. But I don't know who picked the grapes or plowed the ground to grow the vines or worked in the factory to make the glasses. I know I bought the hammock from a fair trade organization that employs indigenous women, but I mean... Does that mean no one was exploited along the way? Even if we try our hardest, which I certainly don't always do, if I'm comfortable, I think Amos might include me in his cow category. That doesn't feel good. I've been listening to how to be an anti-racist and This podcast and that podcast getting it in my head that a devout racist is not so much worse than a complicit racist like me. And it doesn't escape me that I'm listening to these podcasts on my $300 iPhone as I make my king-size bed with my 400 thread count sheets in my air-conditioned bedroom when there are people dying from heat. There are swarms of locusts invading India and Africa. There's no denying that I am relatively comfortable. But I don't wanna give all my savings to even the very best human rights organization. And I don't wanna invite refugees to live in my house, even though we do have a spare bedroom. And I wonder if I should just lay down and let the wrath of God consume me now, let the fish hooks drag me away. I mean, how does this work? Amos doesn't actually provide a lot of what could be considered practical solutions. He doesn't really even call the people to change their behavior as much as he just pronounces their doom. What he offers as a way forward seems a little enigmatic to me seek God and live. I'm not sure what that means exactly. Hate evil and love good, he says. I mean, hate DT and love AOC, I I don't think that's quite it. It might be the opposite of it. I'm not trying to be difficult or make things more complicated than they are, but Amos is a little light on providing the practical tools necessary to dismantle the system of oppression. Amos is a poet, not so much gifted in the organizational skills. It almost seems like he has a little bit of the easier part. Say dramatic, vitriolic, alarming things, then go home. Some of the other prophets more explicitly take the pain into their bodies. Jeremiah was beaten and thrown into a cistern. Isaiah walked naked and barefoot for three years as a sign of the coming catastrophe. Ezekiel had to lie on his side for 390 days, so the stories go. One thing I'm sure sure was painful for Amos, He's not talking to the other people out there who are bad, but who are not us. There's not a lot of us-them going on with him. It's his people, his heart of hearts, his own, his us. It's the people who bound themselves together amidst huge forces and nations sticking together, doing good, loving each other, believing in God. It's his us that he's pronouncing doomed. His people looked forward to the day of the Lord when justice would roll down like water. They thought of themselves as the ones who wanted this to happen, longed for it to happen. They'd be part of the beauty when justice rolled down. They'd celebrate because they were pretty good people. They believed in love and justice and mercy. They may have been enjoying just recently some time relaxing in the mountains. They'd been besieged by huge empires. They'd wandered in the desert. So now there's this little break in the pressure. And so they're relaxing just a bit, enjoying a little prosperity. I mean, they aren't doing that for long before Amos starts trying to disturb them, like there is just no room for the people of God to be comfortable. It's about being the people who can't ignore the vulnerable and the immigrants at the border and the melting glaciers and the poor farmers in Indonesia mining tin for apple, can't ignore white supremacy, racial trauma. Amos is furious and maybe afraid Because he sees that the people of God, the people who had supposedly chosen to participate in a covenant with God and each other and all of creation had failed. They just live like everybody else and believe in all the things everybody believes in. They aren't pointing to a radical, alternative orientation to reality. I think a lot of us might be so ensconced in the systems of privilege that created our circumstances, that if justice were to roll down like water, we'd drown. it says, the Lord has sworn the days are coming when they shall take you away with fish hooks, even the last of you with fish hooks. Is that it then? Amos was trying to rouse the people, break through the consciousness and perception and imagination that had somehow been dulled, muffled, blinded by relative prosperity, trying to evoke the actual possibility of an alternative to the ways of empire, where the powerful over and over again prosper at the expense of the good of the whole. Amos says, create an alternative or die, basically. And maybe he's wrong about the ways of empire. Maybe capitalism will save us in the environment and lift up the oppressed everywhere. Maybe we can believe in the creative forces of an ever-evolving market to eventually halt climate change and put an end to racism. But Amos looks at Israel... And the way they neglected the covenant with each other and creation and God. And he's like, this lifestyle is unsustainable. Now, I might seem like a one sided extremist prophet of doom. In the story in the Bible, he turns out to be right. Israel thought things were looking up for her, but that was an illusion. The nation is destroyed. Maybe the prospect of stepping outside the market system on which we've come to depend for our sense of normalcy is so disturbing or frightening or paralyzing that we sort of have to believe somewhere that the logic of the system will correct itself. Trading carbon emissions, reforming the police, buying green, believing in the strength of the free market to create products and technologies that will solve the global crisis. But maybe that's Insane. Amos is adamant that going on as they've been going on will mean catastrophe. We need a radical alternative to the dominant reality. Don't we need new words? Radical alternative. I'm so tired of saying those words. They need some meat maybe. Maybe Defund the police, cancel rent, I mean, pass the Green New Deal? That would upend the status quo and redistribute power. And those proposals that seemed utterly impossible five months ago are actually beginning to be considered by more and more people. But I mean, let your own imagination for an alternative loose. There have to be so many paths we haven't thought of yet. So many possibilities we haven't created yet. But you have to stretch your imagination. Certainly beyond the talking points of the Democrats and Republicans or Lutherans or Catholics or Evangelicals or Wiccans. I mean, maybe Amos knew what he was doing with his direct and yet not entirely fleshed out exhortation, seek God and live. You have to stretch beyond your habitual way of thinking and moving to embody that. Amos condemns his people and says they may yet be able to survive. A very bitter day is coming but he says there's hope. As a shepherd rescues from the mouth of the lion two eggs or a piece of an ear there's hope. A bloody little mangled bit of tissue rescued from the mouth of a lion a piece of an ear. That sounds like a pretty pronounced dismantling, like being chewed up in the mouth of a lion and then pulled pulled out, that might yank a person out of their usual muffled way of being. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe our consciousness and imagination have been so dulled that we have lost the courage or capacity to think a truly alternative thought. Maybe the only future is the one the Empire wants to urge as the only thinkable one where there are ever more alternative ways to consume. Or maybe we can seek God and live. Discover something other than what is prescribed by the dominant regime. And you don't even have to be able to implement it. first. You just have to be able to imagine it. I'm not sure what it looks like. Maybe we could just talk differently, go a day without speaking of anything at all in terms of us and them. I don't know how exactly, but seek God and live.
2: This is the Lord's table, and all are welcome. On the night before he suffered, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and said, This is my body which is broken for you. Take and eat. And in the same manner, after the meal, he took the cup and said, This is my blood which is poured out for the forgiveness of all sins. As often as you drink this, do so in remembrance of me. You're now invited to share communion with those in your presence during this final hymn.
0: Please join with us in singing House of Mercy hymn number 11, Lonesome Valley. walked that lonesome valley. He had to walk it by himself. Oh, nobody else could walk it for him. He had to walk it by himself. We must walk
2: mercy of our Creator move you and move with you through the days until we gather together again. Amen.